Hi, and welcome to the Canada's History Podcast. My name is Joanna Dawson, and today I'm joined by Sean Smith and Chris Sanigan from the Archives of Ontario. Sean and Chris are going to tell us about one of their programs for their War of 1812 Bicentennial, which uses social media to share 19th century diary from the Archives collection. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Yeah, happy to be here. So, first of all, could you both um, introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about um, what you do at the Archives? Sure. Well, my name's Sean Smith. I'm a senior archivist at the Archives of Ontario. Chris and I actually do a lot of the same work, so I'll just let Chris uh, introduce himself. Uh, this is Chris Sanigan, and I'm an archivist at the Archives of Ontario. So we work in the collections development and management uh, unit at the Archives of Ontario, so we deal largely with uh, the appraisal of uh, both government and private records, as well as uh, dealing with uh, the processing of records, the describing of records, and making them available to the public. So, Can you describe the project for us and how it came about? Uh, sure, yeah, I can grab that one. Basically what we're doing is we are tweeting uh, the diary entries of uh, Eli Plater, who was a farmer and militia officer um, during the War of 1812 based uh, here in the former Toronto, known as York, in Upper Canada. The diary itself uh, that we're tweeting from basically spans the years from 1801 to 1853 uh, with only a few noticeable gaps. Um, when we were looking at uh, projects, uh, programs to do relating to the bicentennial of the War of 1812, uh, we took a look at our collections, uh, which you know we've been collecting for over 100 years, um, and uh, we took a look at the wealth of primary source material we had from that period, the war itself, uh, and uh, we were lucky enough to have many examples of uh, eyewitness accounts and primary source accounts uh, of of the war, the war years, uh, specific events during the war, as well as just kind of daily activities, uh, daily life. Um, we thought because um, one of our, our initiatives was to reach new audiences, uh, we wanted to use social media to get there, and we thought that the diary entries would make a pretty perfect fit for Twitter. Um, luckily for us, for us, when we started to do the research in the diaries, um, Eli Plater, uh, the diaries from a practical point of view were uh, incredibly legible, uh, which kind of helped out with our project, as well as were chronological, comprehensive, um, exciting, uh, emotional, kind of everything that we needed to put together for a very interesting project that uh, would promote the wealth of the primary source materials we have at the archives uh, and also just kind of get people interested in, um, in what was going on at the time and, uh, and promote some more of our collections. Sure. When we we also when we we're putting it together, we, we could have started uh, with uh, you know June eighteenth, eighteen twelve, uh, the day that the war was obviously declared. But not much was really going on in Eli's life on that day. He wasn't fully cognizant of uh, you know there there being a, a war declared against against Upper Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and just thinking in terms of uh, having this available for students and people. Um, who would be interested in his life, we thought we'd want to provide some backstory um, so that we're really not going to be kicking off until uh, in the war itself until until October of this year. But we've taken all of this time beginning in May of 2012 to really fill in Eli's backstory. So we started tweeting with 1809 and just all the events in his life leading up to the war. So by the time people are fully immersed in his life during the war, they'll have a really good understanding of Eli Plater, what life was like um, 
during those years here here in New York, here in Upper Canada, and it will really sort of provide people with hopefully with a, a really rich sort of experience of going through the war with Eli Plater. So a major part of the project is to tie it in with our educational programming. So mm-hmm. uh, as I mentioned, come October, students hopefully uh, at you know various levels, both uh, you know elementary school students, secondary school students, as well as post-secondary school students, will be somewhat engaged with the war. Hopefully they'll be studying it um, as part of part of uh, part of their history courses. And hopefully this resource will be something that um, that they'll pick up on, that uh, teachers and professors will pick up on and steer people towards and will give them sort of a uh, an interesting look at uh, the War of 1812 more so than what a textbook could. And we're hoping that we're going to keep this going until uh, May 2013 and Probably that'll take us up to 1814, 1815 in Eli's life, um, and then so that will, you know, effectively we'll be having a Twitter out, or we'll be tweeting out so mm-hmm. that uh, people will be walking away from Eli's life, sort of having time to sort of digest everything that he's been through during the, the course of the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were we were pretty um, pretty hyper aware that. Um, you know, uh, there'd be so much around 1812 being sure. promoted through various mediums from various institutions, you know, uh, kind of this year, obviously the big kickoff, but then there would be stuff happening likely over the next few years as well. And so one of the things that we talked about originally um, was to kind of let the records speak for themselves. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of what the diary is, has really allowed allowed Plitter to do is to kind of um, just, you know, we know we're going to hear from, from historians, we're going to hear from, you know, the, the forts and the monuments and all that kind of stuff that's been going on from the official record, but to actually have the words um, themselves of uh, Eli and have uh, had the students specifically uh, and, and the greater public as well follow along um, and have uh, and have his, uh, have him come to life again, basically. Um, it was kind of a really, uh, a really neat objective and I think it was a, a really, uh, a really rich um, programming choice. For sure. So without giving away too much about uh, Eli's experience, um, why does his diary provide an interesting look? Is his experience uh, representative or is it unique? We kind of like to think of Eli Plater as uh, an ordinary man living in extraordinary times, but um, without too much in the way of complete documentation like that, uh, like his diaries provide, it's hard to say exactly whether he was ordinary or extraordinary sort of in and of himself, but uh, he certainly had some qualities that we like in a, in a diary keeper so that it makes it easy for us to sort of uh, you know do this kind of project. He was literate, he owned land, he obviously had time to record his thoughts and observations. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, in the militia, he was running around uh, trying to recruit people for for uh, for the for the for the war. Um, he obviously had some sort of position in in, uh, in society in society here because he's a, a name dropper. He definitely was interacting with a lot of people who were influential in York, high up in the political spectrum. Okay. But uh, he was also working the land too. I mean, he was spending a lot of time making potash when we first started tweeting about him. He was running around collecting pickets to take them down to the garrison. So he, he seemed to be the kind of person who was, who was involved in everything, and I don't know if that is particularly unique, but um, he certainly covered off everything to make a really interesting narrative. And, and as I said, he left uh, documents which, which uh, told his story, and that's something that is definitely mm-hmm. uh, unique in that I don't think there's a complete set of records like that out there that uh, really sort of uh, provide a 
an intimate portrait of uh, living living the life in, in 1812. And so I think you probably touched on this already when you said, you know, you sort of hope that the record will, will speak for itself. Um, but what do you hope that um, your audience, whether it's students or just sort of ordinary Canadians, what do you hope that they'll uh, take away from following Plater's diary? I think, um, you know, I mean, what we hope hope people would kind of take away is, is um, hopefully to relate somewhat um, to the experience, kind of daily life. Uh, that's that was happening at the time. I think uh, it's really easy um, to to really have a disconnect between you know in, in history and especially something that's 200 years previous. Um, but you know what is so great I think about the diary is um, you know it not only connects Eli to what was going on, but he's so descriptive that he writes about things and people and places that. Either the people would became incredibly well known, you know, say John Strawn or something um, in in early Upper Canadian history, or the geographic locations still exist. So he writes about going to Whitby, and he writes about going to, well, what's uh, Sandwich at the time, but is now Windsor, and he writes down the mileage that it took him on horse, and he writes about what he ate that day, and he writes about. So it's incredibly. It's a huge mix, you know. Sean was talking about the, you know, the ordinary and extraordinary times kind of link, and it's really a huge mix of the mundane, basically, but also the extraordinary. Um, so it's kind of what we hope people take away from it is um, just that, you know, they can kind of relate, I suppose, to. I mean, obviously, maybe not necessarily being part of an imperialistic war 200 years ago, but at least the kind of the hopes and fears that are similar to what we have today. You know, he, he frets about things. He worries about his children. He worries about his wife. He um, Her name is uh, Sophia, and, and at times he refers to her as being ill. It turns out she's just pregnant, um, which is kind of, <laughs> kind of an interesting way for him to put it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, it, there's a lot of regular social activity. He visits friends and family. He raises his children. Um, he goes to town to to find out what's happening um, in local politics. He's also involved in local politics that, uh, later on in his life. Um, he talks about uh, his religious uh, leanings. He, uh, he later on becomes a Methodist lay preacher. So it's it's kind of everything. It, it really covers the full full spectrum of of you know I think uh, existence at that time. Um, and so we hope people take away that from it, uh, just being able to connect with him on a regular basis, but also, you know, maybe take away the fact that late in that time probably wasn't so different uh, in certain respects as uh, as existing now, and, and the fact that he's a bit of a fly on the wall uh, of early Upper Canada. This is kind of, as Sean was saying, you know, we, don't, we haven't really found anything like this. Uh, we've looked. I mean, obviously not in our... I mean, we have snippets of things in our collection, but nothing as comprehensive as this. Mm-hmm. And then when we've looked at other collections, um, just the from a descriptive point of view and a kind of social history point of view, take, we hope people take away and learn that need more about early Canadian history and uh, an early upper Canadian uh, society. We'd hope to, I mean, and this is, you know, getting into the more idealistic sort of side of the project, but I really hope that people have, you know, people who follow um, Eli Plater will have like an authentic experience of history mm-hmm. and will walk away caring in a way that they might not if they just read a chronology of the events of the war or would just read uh, a synopsis of what happened here or there because 
the mix of the mundane with the the excitement of like the actual stuff that goes on and you know the recognizable names that pop up we hope will give people like a sort of a period a sense of how how it ebbs and flows and how they they're really sort of living it through uh this gentleman Eli Clater and we're giving people the opportunity as well to sort of uh, ingest uh primary sources that they wouldn't otherwise have have the opportunity to sort of read by feeding it one day at a time so it, it i th- i think you know the way that Eli writes and the way that his stories are unfold, there's little episodes that happen. So, you know, his brother dies. And, you know, if you were just to read it in one fell swoop, it might not have the impact of, like, day, you know, five days of foreshadowing that something is happening. And then, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, his brother just died. This is this is devastating. Or his foreshadowing of the war coming, you you know, as a, from a modern-day perspective, you know what's happening. But when you start to get glimpses of him... Um, going to the garrison on a regular basis, going to training all the time. I think you sort of the, the drama builds, and I think you can sort of really appreciate and, and live sort of history in a way that you wouldn't necessarily um, experience it if you were reading it in a textbook or in uh, a book of any kind, really. It, it sounds like a really great primary resource, um, as you said, for students and for sort of general Canadians learning about the War of 1812. Um, so I know it's the early stages of sort of, of the project, but what um, are your plans? What other resources will be available to teachers, or how do you sort of envision teachers maybe being able to use this in the classroom? Well, you know, right from the, the outset of the project, uh, we really recognized its educational potential um, for a number of reasons, and um, we really want to tie that in right from planning the project to, to obviously having some kind of product that could be that could work um, with uh, teachers and students uh, at the various levels. And we already have an education program here at the Archives of Ontario that uh, connects with the curriculum at at both the uh, elementary and uh, secondary school level in Ontario. So this is just kind of an add-on to that. What we've done is we've created and developed a Tweeting the War lesson plan uh, and it's an on-site workshop as well. And basically, we're going to invite teachers and students to tweet alongside of us during the year so that, that they, too, can use primary sources uh, to explore the war. Um, and basically, that kind of dovetails with uh, and kind of complements. Uh, we've got five other War of 1812 lesson plans uh, that are designed for the grades 7 and 12 uh, that are currently available on our website. So it kind of just is in addition to uh, a lot of the Word of 1812 lesson material we already already have developed. Um, and basically, as Sean was saying earlier, in terms of timing, um, you know, we're, we really want to kick this thing off, um, the war material, specifically the war years, uh, in October to kind of correspond with the school year. And we'll, we will be tweeting the rest of the war from up until 1814 over until, you know, either next May or June or whenever we decide to, to actually, um, you know, put an end date on it. Um, and so the hope is, from our point of view, is that, you know, whether students uh, follow along for a day or a week or a month, however the modules work at whatever level the teachers are teaching it, um, we just hope that, you know, we have a bit of a, a bit of a captive audience and that uh, we, you know, that um, the, the content is interesting enough that uh, we'll pick up people who obviously, you know, will be following for educational purposes, but also maybe they'll, they'll stay on and they'll want to find out what happens to Eli and the story of Eli. And then what we're going to do is because, you know, the medium of Twitter allows us to kind of maintain the site as its own existing site, 
without changing it, uh, we'll re- we'll relaunch it again the next school year. So I guess uh, sure. nineteen uh, next school year as well, and it can be used as a resource once again because you know although the majority of events will likely be happening this year, it's still there's still going to be vestiges of it. There's still going to be events going on. So, you know, it's still going to be kind of on the on the tips of uh, of, uh, of imaginative lesson plans in that for the next few years. Um, so yeah, so there's a few few things that we've got going, and we're really excited to to uh, for October to come and, uh, and mm-hmm. kick it off and see and see what the response is. Absolutely. And so, speaking more broadly, what else uh, does the Archives of Ontario have planned for 1812, or what resources um, are at the archives that people might be interested in? Well, we like to think of ourselves as the, sort of the preeminent repository of, of uh, primary source documents for for the War of 1812. Uh, so, if you go on our website, we do actually have a, a site, uh, a section of our, our website that's specifically de- um, designated uh, for 1812. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a great research guide which is up there, which sort of uh, gives a descript- uh, gives a descriptions of all the different types of records that we have that are related to the War of 1812. Um, and, and I think all the all the descriptions in that guide are linked to our descriptive database. Um, obviously, we have our Twitter account. We have uh, a War of 1812 online exhibit, which has been our, by far our most popular uh, web exhibit for a long time. Um, and that, uh, again, uh, takes people through the War of 1812 and has uh, has images throughout there. We have a traveling exhibit, which uh, travels the province. I think we have I think we have uh, four of them, and uh, they've been booked. Uh, throughout the throughout the, the bicentennial celebrations of the war, mm-hmm. um, and then we also have um, things in the works. So October, I think, is going to be our big mo- our big month. Um, we will have a, a new uh, in-house exhibit that will be available in our exhibit space, uh, which will be launched in October. As well, we're partnering with a number of um, other organizations to do a speaker series, uh, okay. so that we'll have people doing different talks about the War of 1812, and that'll be something that uh, we'll be co-hosting. Excellent. Well, thank you so much uh, to both of you for taking time to um, tell us about this program. And uh, it really does sound like this diary is sort of uh, pretty remarkable because it is so hard to get primary documents, such such uh, comprehensive ones from this time period. So this is a great resource, and thanks for sharing it with everyone. Our pleasure. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely our pleasure. Thanks a lot for having us. We've been speaking with Sean Smith and Chris Sanigan from the Archives of Ontario. You can follow Eli Plater on Twitter at EliPlater1812. My name is Joanna Dawson. Thanks for listening to the Canada's History Podcast.